Welcome everyone to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity and we come together from different backgrounds, places and stages in life. We focus on what unites us being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, we find the light in others, and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone. I think we should jump right in, but Alex, could you just introduce yourself to all of our listeners? My name is Alexandra Fletcher. Eve and I are friends, and I am currently a op-ed columnist for Mishpacha Magazine. I am a podcast co-host with my dear friend Rifki Silver. Our podcast is called Normal From Women. It embraces the complexities, nuances, and joys of from womanhood. I think that's sort of my MO. I'm also an educator, involved in both teen and adult education, and I live in Cleveland here with my five children and my family. Well, we are going to dive right in because Jewish women around the globe are feeling lots of different emotions with this Netflix series that hit the world with a big thud, (laughs) I would say. You know, I'm just going to go back in time. I'm not even sure what day it was. I was checking my feed and I saw that the series came called My Unorthodox Life. I just watched the trailer. Okay, full disclosure, I had not watched the series at all. And I just saw it. And after two minutes of just seeing the trailer, I felt something inside of me that said, Eve, you need to stand up, right? You need to say, that's not my story. And actually, so straight away, when I felt that, and I thought that, I saw that you had just posted something with the hashtag, my orthodox life. I wrote to you in the comments, I said, Alex, I'm writing mine right now. And I'm sure there were so many other women that were thinking it, feeling it, doing it. And I'm so grateful that you actually did it because there's no way I would have been able to do all that you did this week because we just moved and we're relocating. I'm starting a new job. So I cannot imagine how many hours you have devoted to this whole explosion on social media. Tell us what happened for you. Well, just like you, Eve, I've known about this for months. I think a lot of us read about what the show was about. And if any of you do follow my social media accounts, I have shared the fact, and I've actually written about it, that Julia Hart was my high school Judaic studies teacher in Atlanta, Georgia. So I knew her personally. I had known that she had left Orthodox Judaism. I had known about how she started that shoe business and went on to a different company. And the more I read and the more clips I saw, I realized that this show is not just about her personal story. This show is a smear against traditional Judaism, against orthodoxy, and against Jewish women. And there are so many tropes and so many stereotypes. This is the last thing we need as an orthodox community. First, there was that sort of global reaction, like, wait a minute, people need to know this isn't me. Just like what you said, Eve, this doesn't represent me. And how am I meant to tell the world that like, wait a minute, you said that orthodox women are uneducated baby making machines. Well, guess what? That's not true. Now, as I said, I appreciate nuance. 
Are there women in the Orthodox community in certain segments that get married at 18 and have zero degrees and their whole function, personal goals are to have one baby after the next? I'll be blunt. Yes. But if anyone knows Orthodox women, we know you cannot say that about an entire group. And then the discussion became, this is your story. Don't speak for all of us. But not only that, it's dangerous to promote stereotypes. But this serves as an education for people who never met Orthodox Jews and never met Orthodox women and don't know any better. And the amount of times I've heard people say, oh, my colleagues are watching this at work and they're coming to me and they're asking me questions. And thank God they're from people out there in the secular workforce that could respond to that and set the record straight. But for people who don't know, this is called misrepresentation. And we are a minority group. And would this happen with any other minority group? You have this spokeswoman who's speaking for everyone and it's just not accurate. I also feel like it could be so dangerous. It could lead to further misunderstanding. Unfortunately, you were at a time with such a high anti-Semitic culture. It's a very, very rough time to stand as a Jew, especially when you stand outwardly as a Jew. It hurts. So Alex, let's talk about what happened that day. You posted that beautiful paragraph and you put out that hashtag. And when I wrote to you and said, I'm writing mine right now, you're like, don't forget the hashtag. Let me go back in time. So in terms of my motives, certainly there was this global approach, but you know what? I wanted also to sort of give this platform for Orthodox women who felt misrepresented, who felt that outrage, and who felt that this didn't tell the story, not just of them personally, but of Orthodox Jewish women globally, to stand up and say, I'm going to tell my story. So I said, everyone has their story. I mean, I have a lot of whys in my head, and I want to be down the cuffs. I want to give the benefit yeah. of doubt to Julia, who's a Jewish woman, just like us. But I want to know why she would do that. I, I want right. to know why she would misrepresent her own life so many lies anyone that knows her knows that the details that she gave like she rode a bike she danced in productions she was a very well-rounded happy child right and she had a beautiful upbringing right why 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 right. why twist everything and to speak more to your question as well, it wasn't like she just said, I didn't do these things, which again, is questionable. She said, Orthodox women don't do these things. And she came from Beis Yaakov Muncie, where she was the chair of dance. I mean, I've spoken to women from Muncie who were in school with her. I mean, these are girls that get high level college credits. These are educated young women. I can't speak to why, though, sort of big picture of media right now. And if you see what sells, and if you see what the world is who knows why, obsessed with the stories of the people who break yeah. away from the cults. And honestly, this is a much bigger story. She knows, as I said, and I tweeted about this, you know, the BCBG clad stiletto wearing from woman who turned model exec, it doesn't hit the same way. For her story to be that breaking away from the confines of a cult, which by the way, she's coming out with a book in a year called Brazen. And the literal first line of the summary of the book uses the language the story of a woman who broke away from a extremist cult. So she's presenting orthodoxy this way. I believe it's because that's what sells. She is a producer on the show. It's not like she's just a reality TV star. I've also spoken to professionals in the media who told me that this is part of a larger picture of the media's attempts to demonize people of faith. So I think there's some scary stuff going out there for people who are of faith and who are religious people is we do not have a safe place in the media when it comes to Hollywood. We are not respected. We are looked at as extremists. She kept on using that word fundamentalism. Fundamentalist, you know how we are viewed. It's terrible. This is Kardashian meets unorthodox. 
And it's like, they've hit a gold mine with that. It's the people that want that reality TV, lifestyle of the rich and famous. And she broke away from an unorthodox lifestyle. But guess what? It wasn't the unorthodox lifestyle. I yeah, let's hear, talk about the good. I want to hear the good because I know that it was a mixed bag, right? A lot of emotions came out and there were a lot of conversations that were had. Um, I know that this coming week, I, I was just asked today to lead a discussion group with young religious women. They want to talk about this. Yes. So I'm sure there are dozens, if not hundreds of groups happening where people are discussing and maybe, and I, what I'm seeing on the ground is that there's a lot of strength. Jewish Orthodox women are saying, that's not my story. I chose this way of life. I love this. I wouldn't change it for anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side where unfortunately in every community you have dysfunction, you have trauma, you have pain. There's a lot there. And that's also coming through the back door and people mm -hmm. are saying, well, that is my story. And I've also left the derech, the path. And there's just, there's so much meeting right now. So I want to focus for a little bit on all the positive that's coming out of this because a website was started. Absolutely. Right? Tell us about that. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women who joined on, created posts on Facebook, on Instagram. And the big surprise for me, because everyone tells me I have to get on LinkedIn, a boom, I can't even tell you of women who, for whatever reasons, one of the yeshivish and Hasidish sects of orthodoxy who are not on Facebook or Instagram, who are on LinkedIn for professional reasons and men on LinkedIn with this campaign. And what it did, I believe in hindsight, and as we witness, is it just gave orthodox women to have a platform and have a space to be proud. So first of all, focus on what we love, show the world what we love, but you know what? Show each other what we love by associating with other inspiring women. And it just was this huge empowerment campaign. You know, I'm involved in adult education. I'm concerned about us Orthodox women. I'm concerned if we're coming from a weak space. I'm concerned about the teenagers, the young marrieds, college-age women, Orthodox women who may be on the fence. The biggest clincher was when a married friend told me that her daughter, a young married, sat around, they live in the tri-state area, very with it, girls, educated, professional girls were sitting around watching the show and they turned it off and they looked at each other and they said, hmm, maybe wearing pants isn't such a bad thing. And I said, we need a campaign. We need to remind ourselves who we are, why we believe, what we believe in. So yes, was it a positivity campaign? Yes. For women, from women who maybe have issues with parts of orthodoxy or maybe struggling in their Judaism or struggling with Hashem, it doesn't need to preclude that. Right now we're deciding, we're standing up for this, we're focusing on the positive. It brings me to my next question or a statement that I feel very strongly about. I feel that the backlash that has come about because of this, it just yeah. makes me feel like, we got to do better. In and what way? Well, I'm saying if people do have issues, if people are not feeling fulfilled, let's mm. figure it out. Let's make sure that our community is feeling strong. If everyone was strong, if the Jewish community at its core, at its Orthodox core, talk about core, we're both part of core, which is an organization to strengthen the core of the Jewish people, people that have been very connected their whole lives. If they're feeling weak, that's where we need to start. We need to strengthen over there. You know, when we have a strong core, you have a strong everything. So I think this mm -hmm. is in a weird way, a blessing in disguise to really take a step back and look at our community mm -hmm. and see where the holes are and the flaws and where do we need more support? 
I actually started wearing my grandmother's ring, her diamond ring. And it's a big ring. It's a big stone. And I wear it with so much pride. I never thought, oh, it's so heavy. It's so chunky, right? It's a diamond. It's beautiful. It feels so light. Well, it's the same with Judaism. A mashal, a parable that I keep in my back pocket. If we're feeling that our mitzvot, that our traditions, our observances, whatever we're upholding is feeling so heavy, I think we're doing it wrong. I think we need to feel excited about it. We need to bring the passion back. If we're not mm -hmm. feeling it, fix it. You have to turn it around, mm -hmm. look at it from another angle. I think we need to do mm -hmm. better for our sisters, for our communities to see what's working. If something's not working, let's fix it. Let's do it a little bit better. I think we're smart women. We could do that. And I feel as someone that has been working with women for the last decade plus, you know, there's so much there and there's so much love. There's so much light. There's so much good. There's so much wisdom. But if it's feeling so heavy, we're going to need to like flip it around until it fits well. And I think we could mm -hmm. do it. I see the change. I see the rising of the feminine in the world right now in Judaism. There's so many sources that point to this. Then the pre-Messianic era and the time that we believe that we're in right now, there's going to be this shift of dynamics. That's what's happening. That's what's happening right here, right now. So this is our opportunity to look at it honestly. And with so much compassion for all the sides and say, what can we do to make it better for everyone? And I think we could do it. Oh, I agree with you. I think the campaign really holds up a mirror to every single person about where their relationship is holding in Judaism and things in their stories that have been painful, marriages that have been painful, experiences within Orthodox institutions that have been painful share those stories. We are complicated human beings, but that's the point is let's share with the world and share with each other how diverse we are. And also kudos to the women who share their painful stories, but also say I'm struggling, but I'm staying. I'm not here to judge why people leave Orthodox Judaism. You know, I have a podcast normal from women. I'll plug it here. We just happened to record a few weeks ago. We recorded this episode, which is normalizing religious struggle. I am very passionate about this. We are not perfect. And if you don't struggle with your Judaism, no matter how from how religious you are, that's a problem because don't tell me and your most important relationships that you have that you don't struggle. We all struggle. Alex, the word that we call ourselves, Yisrael, the Jewish people, right? The word Yisrael actually means to struggle. That's like at the root of who we are. We struggle. Jacob struggled with the angel. We're always right. in struggle of figuring out, of asking questions, of trying to make it work. We're an Am Kashet Oref, a stubborn people. We struggle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is Judaism and this is the point. And we have this rich history and rich source of wisdom, which is our religion. And that goes back to the painful display of our religion on Netflix for everyone to see. And it's like, this isn't it. Do people have painful experiences? Or pe do people feel rejected by the system? Do people leave? Of course. I love even what you said. This is time now to look more closely at those systems, at those experiences, see how we can increase that dialogue and see how we can make improvements. Doesn't every successful corporation, isn't it all about how we can make things better, how we can improve? So many of the women that join this campaign are behind huge organizations that address head-on issues in the Orthodox world. Agunas. Okay, Keshet Star. These are not people that are sitting back and saying, oh, you know, she's saying bad things about orthodoxy. We're going to get defensive and we're going to say we all live perfect lives. Your feed gets filled with something on social media. It can get annoying. I've gotten annoyed 
that's like a bit too much now, you know? But this has been an amazing journey where we're just hearing everyone's stories and women want to be heard and we need to listen and, and we will show the world we are speaking up. We are standing up. That's one thing I have to say. Don't criticize us now that we're saying you lots of stuff on Facebook and social media. Oh, but your story doesn't tell my story. My story can't tell your story. Right. My story can't contain your story. You tell your story. And also now that we're standing up for ourselves, it's like, no, 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 sit back down, sit back down. No, <laughs> we can speak up. We can focus on the positive we want. We can focus on the complicatedness in all of our lives. Also, we can say whatever we want. My bracha is that this should just be a springboard to more conversations, better understanding, supporting one another. All Jewish women, we're yeah. all in this together. There's only one Torah. There's no conservative reform and Orthodox Torah. One book that was given to the Jewish people. You know, whatever we keep, there's no judgments, right? It's really leaning in to help and support and make things better. And I know that speaking for myself, and I'm sure for you too, Alex, we want to be part of the change that we want to see in the world. We want to be part of the solution. So that's I right. think that's really what it's all about. We want to be part of the narrative that will usher in a better time, the messianic mm -hmm. era, whatever we want to call it, better time for the Jewish people. So I think it starts with us. It starts with everyone standing up, being proud, okay? Not hiding being proud and strong and vocal and sharing their stories with the world that Netflix, that the series did not necessarily represent their truth. And I just want to say, like, I'm not an influencer. You know, I do have a column in Mishpacha. It is widely read, but I don't have like, I think, I think my Instagram following jumped like a few hundred. I don't, I don't even have a thousand followers. Like I'm just a regular person. I did reach out to a few influencers. I created like a, a little Google doc and shot it. I sent it. Shout out to Barianna, um, Barry Mitzman, who put it on her stories. I mean, these are people with massive social media followings. Thank you to all of the women, the from women. This is not me. I just posted twice, Instagram and Facebook. They took this and they ran with it. They wanted a place to channel and they wanted they wanted a space to speak. And that is the power of social media, a great example of spreading such positivity in many ways and teaching so many of us about such incredible Orthodox women. And I saw a post on LinkedIn of some non, I saw something of a non-Jewish woman who said, I'm really jealous of Orthodox women. This is just from the stuff that was going around on LinkedIn. And she was praising our lifestyle. She was praising our values. We don't know how far things will go. Darkness, we fight with light. And I think that's, that's right. in a nutshell, what we've been doing. There was a lot of darkness, smearing, negativity, okay, throughout the world with this series, and you, and then me, and then, you know, who knows how many hundreds of other women said, well, I'm going to add a little bit of light. And that is called, you know, in Hebrew, we see a kiddush Hashem, a right. sanctification of God's name. That's my mission statement in the world. That's if I could just make a kiddush Hashem, I have lived my mission. And I believe in God, I believe in his greatness, I believe in his word and his people, I believe so strongly that there's so much goodness there. And if I could shine that light in this world that is so dark sometimes, then I think that's enough. Yeah, and I'm going to say it straight, you know, I believe my unorthodox life is a chal Hashem. A chal Hashem, technically translation of it is a desecration of Hashem's name. When we publicize in a very open way to the entire world. Our oh. breach of our relationship with God and our anger and our negativity and openly 
speaking negatively and badly and bashing and criticizing our Judaism and our religion and, and the people of our religion. Okay. There's a lot of terrible stereotypes supported by a Jewish woman, an entire Jewish community. <laughs> Let's reverse this. Let's reverse this. That was my goal. I just wanted to say like in terms of what this does in terms of, you know, the effects of a campaign like this, we don't know the far reaching effects. There's been tremendous media coverage. I was interviewed by USA Today affiliate. Netflix is watching and there has been this discussion. Why are you giving her so much attention? Netflix is hearing the voice and from some information that I have is, is hearing the voice of women who are standing up for misrepresentation, women who are angered by this. That says something a lot in the secular world. So there's the woman piece, the female piece, and there's also the minority group piece where they know what's going on with this entire movement that's been created. And they are hearing from us as a minority group who feels that we have been misrepresented. And guess what? When you hit those two notes, that is not PC. They've heard. So that's my reassurance to everyone who's been involved in this campaign. Who knows what's going to happen next? If anyone is tuning in from Netflix, I challenge them to do a series on fulfilled, rock star, incredible, Orthodox Jewish women that are living their dreams, that are tops of their fields, that are rocking their lives. I challenge them. And we're interesting. It's not simple. Our lives are complex, but it's pretty amazing at the same time. Stissel was amazing. It was amazing and it took the world by Good point, so good point. It was wholesome. There was no touching. Being so real and true about it. And that's why people just drank it in. That's what we have, Alex. That's our gift. We have that in our lives. We have that, the Shabbat and the wholesomeness and the family values. And the world needs to see that. They need to hear that. It needs to bring them back to really their values. These are not only our values. This is healthy world values that the whole world should uphold. So I challenge Netflix. (laughs) Contact Alex Fletcher. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, seriously. No, do not film me. But there are some Orthodox filmmakers right now that are very involved. I've seen two films that have been advertised lately about positive stories of Bali Chuba, people that do return to their roots, return to Torah, observant Judaism. So they're being made and we should support those filmmakers that want to tell those stories. It's very, very exciting. 100%. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you everyone for listening in. If you have any questions, you can write to me, you could write to Alex. We're always open to discuss anything. The good, the bad, the ugly, all mm-hmm. of it. Have conversation. Okay. Bye guys. Agreed. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes and to learn more about the work that we do at Inspired Jewish Women, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural, because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing, positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.